Peter Goffwood. Good morning, good morning. How are you today? Vanessa, how are you and how's it to the listeners? I'm, I'm doing good. It is uh, chocolate cake day. And uh, here's my philosophy when it comes to chocolate, anything chocolate. No matter how bad things get in life or what is happening in the world, and I mean, really, seriously, in South Africa, we've got a lot to complain about. (laughs) Chocolate can really solve anything. You can just feel those worries just melt away, literally, as that piece of chocolate or chocolate cake is being consumed. Do Do you share my philosophy? (laughs) <laughs> um, yes, sugar addict. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, look, I think it is. There's, there's something. There's something that's quite soothing about chocolate, specifically not not sweets and pastries in particular. Just chocolate. It has mm. this kind of. I don't know. It, 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 people very seldom make noise when they're eating chocolate. You know, <laughs> you have chocolate, and all of a sudden there's this reverent silence. As people devour their chocolate. People talk with their mouth full of donut, but they won't with chocolate. Uh-huh. So there is something about chocolate and its qualities that are quite uh, almost, uh, it's almost a religious experience. It's a quiet uh, moment of introspection while you're eating chocolate. And absolutely. And I just have to share with everybody that when I suggested to Peter that we talk about chocolate cake, I sent him a gif, or what is it, a gif or a gif, I never never know, on the WhatsApp of a, of a baby or a toddler whose face was just yeah. covered in chocolate. And I was just thinking, as you were saying, that people don't make a noise but children as well they don't make a noise that you just see no. the chocolate yeah. <laughs> and and of course and of course if you if you if you're a chocolate addict like like you are it's, it's cuz because what you have to tell people that it's national chocolate day in outer mongolia <laughs> um, and only a chocoholic would manage to track that down and use it for an excuse to do a radio show <laughs> absolutely and that's me completely magnetized yeah. but you know the problem yeah. is I, I, i'm sure i've shared the story with you before but um during l- lockdown and mask wearing and things like that. One one day, I think here at the office, I decided I really wanted a piece of chocolate. But I was eating it on the sly. And um, when I got home and I took my mask off, I had I had a beard of chocolate on my chin because a, <laughs> a piece of chocolate had kind of fallen as I obviously pulled the mask up, melted up against my chin. And the, ch- and the mask, of course, you know, covered up my indiscretion. But it was hysterical as I took this mask off, my whole chin was covered in chocolate. Um, I felt absolutely ridiculous. And I, then I kept on thinking, when did, did I take my mask off at some point that nobody had <laughs> told me? But I'll bet, I'll bet you try to lick it off when you saw it. <laughs> I think maybe I did. <laughs> You can't let that chocolate go to waste. No, not at all. No, absolutely. It's precious. But chocolate is yeah. is just one of those things that uh, really is. And I mean, there's so many varieties and different things, but it's really a wonderful thing that was discovered um, and that the world, could, you know, sort of embraced. Well, it, it's an interesting thing because it wasn't – actual chocolate cakes didn't really appear till sort of the early 17th century, sort of 18 – around about 18 – in the 1830s. Wow. Because up until then, the cocoa bean had just – was just used in a drink. So basically, it was crushed up and melted. And that's basically how, how the, the Aztecs and the Almecs used to drink it. When, when, when Cortesni's people, before they killed everybody, um, uh, encountered chocolate, it was Montezuma used to drink it. He used to drink it, this massive beverage out of a golden goblet. So he, mm. he certainly gave chocolate the reverence it was due. Um, and they used to melt it. But I mean, the, 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 the Aztecs and those guys had some crazy concoctions. They used to use the, the, the grind, the magic mushrooms up into it. So it could be quite a hell of 
use it. So not only was it soothing, it also took you on a bit of a trip. But until <laughs> it wasn't until the early 1800s where they learned to actually um, separate the the solids from the from the from the 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 the, the, the cocoa solids and the cocoa butter. Mm-hmm. That's then when we started to get chocolate bars, and it's that chocolate solids. That's what we know as cocoa. Okay. So then that ground down into a found powder, found its way into cakes. And pastries and so yeah so so chocolate cake is a cake's been around for a long time but chocolate cake relatively new in the general scheme of things when you consider that the cultivation of cocoa beans goes back almost five thousand years wow so we've only been eating chocolate cake for 170 odd uh, or 200 odd years we've got a lot of catching um, up so, to do yeah, no, a lot of catching up, a lot of catching up to do. But it's an interesting, and it's actually, and one of the guys who then took it even further, and and the guy who invented the conching, which is where you turn chocolate into that magnificent thing that it is, is actually Lint, the guy who started Lint. So Lint chocolates have a history that go back two hundred years or one hundred eighty mm-hmm. odd years. So so you know when you see their bars and they're expensive, they are the original ones who turned the, that luxury chocolate. The first ones who started making it properly because they did what was known as conching it. Okay. They basically churn it very very slowly at a, at a low heat, um, and actually almost emulsify the cocoa butter into a smooth, smooth chocolate. Because before it was just melted and you got these rough, crystally um, uh, chocolate bars. Mm -hmm. But with this conching now, and then we get the chocolate frosting and all the other bits and pieces that go with chocolate cake that now are are legendary. And of course, you know, there are, there's every every country has their own version of chocolate cake. You know, you've got the sake tort, you've got the, you know the the, the everyone's favourite the um, what do you call it black forest gatto oh, cherries yes. and the oh. kirschwasser. You know, I think everyone has their own version of 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 a chocolate cake that has been a, a national treasure. You know, so it certainly has its its uses. What is your preference when you come to making chocolate cake, butter or oil? I'm not a I'm a I'm not a big co- I'm not a I'm not a big uh, cake fan to be honest. I'm not a, I don't like gattos. <laughs> I mean it's something I'll eat if I go to someone's house but I very very seldom will I go buy a, a hanker for a slice of cake. Okay. But I do there is a recipe that I use which is a a flourless chocolate cake. Okay. We call it's um it's an old uh <clears throat> a river cafe from uh, the Italian restaurant from London. Yes. It's an old river cafe recipe called pressed chocolate cake. So basically what it is, it's rich and it's decadent and it's it's actually the most glorious thing you will ever eat. So basically it's it's a mixture of you melt um, inordinate amounts of dark chocolate and butter together mm-hmm. um, and then you um, then you separate your eggs. So you've got egg whites and then you mix your eggs, your egg yolks and sugar and cocoa powder together and then you uh, pour in your melted chocolate <clears throat> and butter and you get this thick like almost um, uh, chocolate moussey kind of paste. And then you whip your uh, egg whites up to like a really stiff peak and you fold mm. that in. It's almost like um, it's almost like a chocolate souffle recipe. Okay. And then you pour this light, light as a feather mixture into a springform mold and it really rises up and then it, and then it drops as okay. you take it out of the oven. That's all souffles do. But that's the point of it. So what you end up do then is you actually take a plate that you cover with cling film that fits just inside the ring of your cake, and you actually weigh the cake down. So you press it down. So it's almost, and then by the time it sets and cools down, it's almost got this kind of chocolate fudge consistency. And it is the most glorious heavenly cake you will ever, ever eat. And the beauty of it is, is because it's very, very rich, you can actually, if you take a normal, 
a normal uh, nine-inch springform mold that you would get 12 mm. portions out of. You can actually get 16 slices out of this because you cannot eat uh, um, a full wedge of this cake as you would do normally. It's just too rich. I'll, and it I'll... lasts because it has no flour. You can leave it in the fridge and it lasts indefinitely. I don't know how long it actually lasts. Mm. I don't know what its actual shelf life is because it's never lasted long enough to be tested. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I was about to say, no. I'm going to have to challenge that, um, you know, not eating a whole wedge. Um, I'll certainly put myself yeah, on the sure line if, to do that because, yes. <laughs> but it sounds I'm absolutely sure if delicious. Anyone can you can uh, No, for sure, for sure. When it's chocolate, no problem. Um, but I'm certainly going to go and Google that. The River Cafe, uh, what's it? River Cafe press chocolate. Recipe. Oh, please do because I'll, uh, I'll send you the recipe. So if we get any requests, you can you can forward it on. For sure. It's a it's a, it's a relatively simple. It looks like it's quite a, quite a, a complicated recipe because there's folding. Mm. But if anyone's made any cakes before, folding is half of any when you're making a, a genoise sponge or anything folding is a common technique for cake makers so not to be daunted so yeah. it's actually quite a simple one to make and it really is quite delicious and you can then you can then take it to the next chocolatey level i you can just dust it with icing or you mm -hmm. could put a chocolate ganache over it and just okay. ice it as well if you wanted to really really overdo it Fantastic. Well, I, I think that, you know, the, the recipe that we've got, this one that we've had now for 20 years, um, what yes. I love about it is it's a tray bake. So there's no sort of, it doesn't have to come out of a cake form or, or anything like that. Yeah. And um, you it, it you can have it as pudding or cake. It's got this, it's made with yeah. buttermilk and the buttermilk seems to Oof, um, really give it a richness and a moist sort of component that I don't find in any other sort of, or, or I struggle to find with other chocolate cakes so where uh, this is the the go-to in the born household and uh, yeah. it feeds a lot of people and it's the same story it is although i <clears> say <throat> that i would eat but it does it feeds a lot of people and so it's very economical and uh, if you've got a you know if you've got to supply um ch a cake for the the colleagues at work when it's your birthday it's the go-to because it's cheap and it feeds a lot mm -hmm. Yeah, and also I like the idea of the of the buttermilk because there's a certain there's an acid content to that, so make it make sure there's a little bit of hint of acidity in in the cake that it's not overly sweet. And this is always why I say to people: try and use if you're using chocolate or if you use cocoa, to use a good quality one because otherwise, mm -hmm. what ends up sometimes happening is the is the cake is not about that that kind of chocolatey bitterness; it's just about sugar. And I think mm -hmm. that's that therein becomes where, where I, I taste cakes and I really think oh, this is quite I'm, this is so sweet. It's just all I'm doing is a mouthful of sugar. Yeah. You want that bitterness and richness from the chocolate. You want that chocolatiness um, because otherwise it is. It's just pure sugar and you want a little hint of bitterness. So mm -hmm. so if you're using chocolate, don't use the milk chocolate. Use use a, 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 um, at least a 50% cocoa butter chocolate. Yeah. You can go all the way up to 70 or 80% mm. um, and you get a really, really uh, almost a not, not a, a savory cake, but there are almost savory notes to it. But, I mean, this is interesting why, you know, you start to see now people are starting to add salt to chocolate yes. and to caramel is to give it that savory edge that it's not overly sweet. Fantastic. No, I think that um, maybe there must be chocolate cake in my future in the weekend. I definitely think so, because now I'm very well, less. I kind of figured that you'd, you'd use this as an excuse to bring chocolate cake into the office today. No. You wouldn't have let this slip. And not only do you have the, t the tray bake recipe, you happen to bring one. Here's one I made earlier. I thought that was going to be your, that was going to be, oh, I didn't think we could do a chocolate cake uh, a show without actually bringing one in to eat. Because I know all you're thinking about now is sending someone out to go and get 
get some oh, chocolate cake. Yeah, I know. Woolworths is downstairs here. You know, chocolate cake. Um, yeah, but you know, I think making my own is definitely better. So uh, maybe we'll we'll do that for the weekend. Peter, thank you, so, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for for the chat about chocolate and indulging me this morning <laughs> because uh, it was really uh, really absolutely wonderful. And I hope that you have a good weekend. And we'll chat again next Friday. Without doubt, and to listeners, until we meet again, may the source be with you.